welcome back to the Lumbertron Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Woods. Today's guest is Steve Igner. Steve is an entrepreneur, a certified the good person, and the founder of Steve's Plumbing. From trekking mountains in Nepal to 150-mile bike rides, Steve's an apex predator with a humble presence. It just makes one to have him as my dad. I sat down with Papa Steve in his office in Linwood, Washington to get some of his origin story. Put your toys away and pull up a chair. You just might learn something. Well, thank you. Thank you, Steve, for inviting me here, and welcome to the Lumbertron Podcast. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah, it's a pleasure, pleasure to be here at Steve's Plumbing in Linwood, Washington. Yeah, and so, Steve, the question I find myself always leading with is, who are you? Who's Steve? <laughs> Uh, Steve Egner. I've been a plumber since 1978. I began an apprenticeship Ooh. when I still lived in Texas. So this is my 42nd year in the plumbing industry. Uh, I'm a person who enjoys the outdoors, uh, loves to work out. Tyler and I made acquaintance at the gym. I wouldn't um, know you without that. A physical lifestyle. Uh, and that transferred well to the plumbing industry, and now we run a small company with uh, about 13 employees in addition to Rachel and I, and uh, we're thriving here in the metropolis of Linwood, Washington. Yeah, Rachel, your wife? Yes. Yes, so real real family business, everyone. It yeah. is exactly that, yeah. a family business. Uh, we grew from a time when I was the only person working in the field. Uh, mm -hmm. Rachel was the person answering the phone with two small children on her legs. Yeah. And so, well, let's let's start with that. Was that, did you work in plumbing before starting your own plumbing company? Did you? Yes. How did, how did you get your, your footsteps into this world, this life? Well, we, my first introduction to plumbing was just uh, accident met necessity. Uh, mm -hmm. I was on spring break from college and uh, or just out of high school, actually. Oh, man, this, run, this runs deep. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we just happened to have a friend who needed help, and it was a, a $4 an hour position, which he begrudgingly paid, <laughs> um, and I, I probably only half earned. But then something began to click, and I realized I enjoyed it. I enjoyed working with my hands, mm. something I hadn't been exposed to before. And uh, up here, we've had Steve's Plumbing since 1995, so like most uh people finally face a decision, I realized that my needs were greater than what could be supplied by an employer. So I began mm. the path of self-employment in 1995. We opened Steve's Plumbing. And what were some of those needs for autonomy to be? Oh. In 95, I just felt uh, Rachel and I were still childless at that time. Uh, we've been married since 1988. Mm -hmm. uh, but in 95, we I had no children. We just decided that that wasn't enough. We were scraping by on two incomes. Uh, and even with an hourly wage of about 20, I believe it was 20, $21 an hour, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't enough. And we realized that for the future, we needed something more. So I gave my notice at my employer, gave him two weeks notice. And one week later, I found out Rachel was pregnant mm -hmm. with our son, Reese. And uh, that gave us the impetus and the drive to make it succeed because suddenly we were a family and we, yeah. we had to. And what was that? Was that fear? Was that hope? Was that both? 
It's both. I call it anxious optimism, Uh you know, and uh, I've never approached anything with a sense that I would fail at it. Uh, Although we can't say failure is not an option. That's Mm -hmm. not realistic. Uh, We just simply apply 100% of our energy all waking hours until we achieve the goal. Mm. Yeah. And where does that where does that come from in your life? Did your parents instill this kind of work ethic in you or has as you've learned that over time being a plumber working in the trades? My parents always worked. My father was in the service uh, uh, Air Force. Mm-hmm. In fact, my mother was too. So both my parents were in the service and therefore veterans. Um, but my immediate memories as a as a youth were that I always wanted extra money. So from the time I was 10 years old, I always ran my own, uh, we call it a yard work or a lawn mowing business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it actually made, uh, even at the age of 10, it made hundreds of dollars per wow. summer. And uh, there was a summer where later on, I think I was 12 or 13, where I know I made over $3,000. So it was just a matter of uh, having the means, having the tools, being able to walk those distances briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was 15, I saved for and purchased my first car with my own money. Uh, and then I had transportation, and so then I could do the same thing. But uh, it's, it's always just been a desire to supply my own needs. Yeah. And so it's really no different. I'm For most of my life, I've been an entrepreneur and business owner and mm-hmm. not an employee. Yeah, I, I see. So that, that drive to supply your own needs, have you ever experienced a disconnect between what you knew you could do and what you needed to do and had to ask for help? Has that ever been a problem? Uh, I, difficult? I wouldn't say it, it's a problem. Yeah. I think that's a reflection. If anyone can do that, what yeah. you just asked, then you, you have true humility. You yeah. realize that there are blind spots in your experience. Uh, you don't know everything. Uh, admitting that you don't know it all uh, and then seeking outside help. So mm-hmm. probably the best move that we made when I was 46 years old, uh, that would have been in uh, 2006. Uh, we'd already had the business, Steve Plumbing, since 1995. So it was an 11-year business at that mm-hmm. point. But I realized that I was coming close to being physically tapped out in my capabilities mm-hmm. as a 46-year-old plumber who'd already been in the trade at that point for then 20 plus years, yeah, um, I wasn't going to be able to continue. Mm. And so I realized that I would have to duplicate, clone myself, or somehow multiply my earning ability. And I realized the only way to do that was to open a business, but uh, to, to change my business uh, and to have employees. But to do that, we needed a roadmap. And we joined a service organization in 2006 that allowed us to do just that. Mm-hmm. They don't give you the, the solutions. They give you the means. They give you the map. And yeah. it's up to you to implement processes and procedures that make you a viable business. Unfortunately, as a sole proprietor or even a, a sole proprietor with a, a couple of assistants, uh, you, you really don't have a business that has any value. Mm-hmm. in the open market if it were to be sold and really the only thing you have to sell is you and your equipment and if you retire then all you have left is your equipment the definition of a business should be that it should be self-sustaining mm-hmm. separate from the owner and so that's always been our goal yeah um, and Rachel and I uh, have always worked forward toward that and now we feel we're very close to that step where 
with proper management in place, we can step away. Mm-hmm. And we do step away for short periods at a time. Um, a week, 10 days, two weeks here and there for both of us together. Uh, recently, I took a 21-day journey to Nepal. It has been a lifelong dream of mine. So the business is operating at a high level now. Uh, but it's important that we achieve that goal where we have management on site uh, to where our presence isn't necessary 50 hours a week. Yeah. And that that's the goal of every small business mm. is to achieve that level. And that's what we're working toward. That's cool. Yeah. And so what does that look like now? What did it look like before uh, when you said 50 hours a week being on? Well, 50 hours a week would be a minimum. <clears throat> minimum. Um, and I, I'd say that's still a standard. Yeah. Uh, I'm here at the office uh, shortly after about 7.15 every morning, and I'm here till 5 or 6 each evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that certainly hits me during the week. But when we were in our early stages of growth and I was still in the field, then it was routinely working every other weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So we'd have 12 days on, two days off. Mm-hmm. Um, those were brutal times. Uh, routinely to get over those humps as we grew from 2006, 2007, you recognize those as recessionary years. We didn't know we were in a recession then. We just knew this was really, really hard. Just hard, yeah. And uh, we began with just one other plumber and one other apprentice, and, and that person and I, uh, Don Baum and I would work alternating weekends. He would take one weekend, I would take the next. Uh, the apprentice worked Saturdays with us typically, but those would be 50 to 70 hour weeks because of that. And we were doing the work that other people weren't willing to do. And we watched many businesses close their doors and fail during that time. But we thrived, we attracted other people, mm. uh, we grew into that level. Uh, but we've had lots of lots of years where when I was still in the field, uh, we had to devote literally all of our waking hours to it. And we still feel that way. It's mm. no different. It's just now we have more systems in place to handle emergencies, after hours, procedures, and we have a, a wonderful staff. We're really proud of the culture and the mm. people that we have here right now. They're all people who want to be here and contribute every day to moving this ship forward. Yeah, really fostering a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what is, has community always been a, an important part of your life? Have you felt more like a kind of a solo uh, act? Or now that you fostered this community, have you been searching for it all this time? Or? You know, we, we create a place we hope that other people will want to be. Mm-hmm. We realize that we are our culture. And so this does not succeed. This being Steve's Plumbing does not succeed without uh, a willing, capable, and, and satisfied group of employees. Yeah. And so we have to be very cognizant of what their needs are and what's important to them. The easiest thing for an employer to do is supply work. Hmm. Uh, employees are not all motivated by money. A mm-hmm. few are, but not even our majority. Uh, our employees appreciate uh, work-life balance. They appreciate a work culture that is not highly pressured. Mm-hmm. They appreciate a work culture where they're properly and professionally trained uh, to achieve the goals that we ask of them in the field. Uh, compensation, of course, is absolutely essential. That's why we all get out of bed, right? But it's not the only thing that makes a company. 
being in a supportive environment where their mistakes will not be a cause for humiliation. Uh, mistakes around here are viewed as an educational opportunity and a rising tide lifts all ships. We, hmm. we are that rising tide and we discuss it in a, an, a dignified manner so as not to embarrass or humiliate an employee. Uh, no one has ever been fired here for a mistake mm -hmm. at work. No one has ever been fired for making a mistake with plumbing. That's human. Uh, we use those to educate us all, but we also uh, cover on a daily basis the strengths and successes of other plumbers, how they communicated with a client to get to a net result, how they uh, tackled a challenging mechanical problem or a mystifying mechanical problem and how yeah. they solved it. So we're a group that rely on each other. Frequently these men, rather than calling me their manager, mm -hmm. uh, they'll call another plumber. Uh, and ask him, hey, I know you faced this last week. Mm. What, what did you do? So we have that kind of culture, and we're very, very protective of it. Yeah, that shared experience, that internal network to, to be able to draw from. Right. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, well, you've, you fostered this awesome community. Um, you mentioned some fitness, going to Nepal. What brings you joy outside of this business and plumbing? I, I really like uh, to engage the, the world. I'm, uh -huh. I'm not a kind of person who's happy with routine. I yeah. like, I like uh, variety and I like, mm. I thrive on change. And um, for outdoor challenges, I, I tend to prefer what my friend Jesse calls type two fun. Type two fun involves uh, a, a measurable amount of risk. Uh -huh. Uh, it involves a huge reward, but that's mostly personal okay. at the end of it. Uh, risk and reward, uh, it involves a huge measure of pain and discomfort. Mm. And so what we did in Nepal fit that bill every day, going between <clears throat> six and nine miles a day with 40-plus pound packs mm -hmm. on at elevations over 12,000 feet. Um, and we were a mixed age group from 40 to 60. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was definitely type two fun. Uh, the risk is you're in a third world country. You're well away from medical and support should anything happen. Yeah. Uh, so while rescue would be uh, available, it's not necessarily a given, given mm -hmm. the moment. We spoke to a guide over there in Nepal who had witnessed the avalanche that took six climbers' lives. He was less than 30 feet from the six climbers who were swept away in an avalanche on mm -hmm. Annapurna during our trek. Yeah. And uh, we were originally scheduled to travel to Annapurna Base Camp, but we had to detour because it was closed by the Nepali government because of the avalanche danger. Mm -hmm. But that level of danger, uh, it, it's not that we were seeking out avalanches, but we were seeking uh, a true adventure uh, away from the... I think the stereotypical opposite of that, the exact opposite, would be a cruise ship. Yeah. Which it's, we now learn has some risk. Yeah, it might, <laughs> might be might be risky, especially might at be this time too fun lives. on a cruise. But that's that's not my kind of travel. Mm -hmm. uh, when I when I fish, I like to hike miles and miles and cover huge areas of the stream, and I love doing that with company. But I love it even more solo. Mm. Um, and uh, other activities when. I'm in the gym, then I'm, I'm pushing my body toward a goal. I want to do more long-distance cycling this mm -hmm. summer, and so right now I'm, 
I'm leaning down. I'm uh, concentrating more on aerobic capacity and pushing those. Uh, but still, you'll find me at the gym. Whereas last year, my goal were powerlifting goals, and this year they're more aerobic and uh, body composition goals. Mm -hmm. Just channeling that grit and discipline into different areas of your life. Yeah, according to what I want. Mm -hmm. According to what I want. Uh, you know, two years ago, all I wanted to do was pull heavy things off the ground and mm -hmm. see how much they weighed. And uh, this year, I wanted I, I wanted to travel comfortably in Nepal. And yeah. I wanted to feel comfortable at 10,000 feet and not winded. And I did not want to be that guy uh, that had to take a break every 20 feet. And uh, the training that my friend Jesse and I incorporated in the months prior definitely prepared us. Uh, we were comfortable. We did have a, an incredible feeling of exhilaration and accomplishment at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And that's type two fun. It's, yeah. uh, it's the same thing I feel when I finish a uh, 150 mile bike ride in one day over two mountain passes. <laughs> it's, it's incredible accomplishment. Yes, there could be hundreds of people who finished before me, but there are hundreds who finished after. And we all share the same sense of accomplishment after that mm. because there was risk, there was discomfort, yeah. uh, there was a measurable goal and a feeling of exaltation at the end. Hey, I did this. And that ties into this too, because mm -hmm. Uh, there's a physical challenge. Stress is physical. It's not just mental. Stress is physical. Yeah. And uh, I know that this history of events in my life that I've set as goals and the things that I've accomplished, those parallel in my mind. I can accomplish these goals too. They're new mm -hmm. and they involve discomfort, time outside the comfort zone, and they involve risk too. It's just yeah. a different kind. So, uh, I think that it uniquely prepares us to exceed, to succeed in those two. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you mentioned the, the feeling of accomplishing those, like the 150 mile bike ride. I think you used the word exaltation. Yeah. Has there, a, do you have any spirituality in your life? Is accomplishing things like that bring you closer to something greater than yourself? I, I believe in a supreme being. I don't believe uh, in religious institutions. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have no faith in religious institutions. Mm -hmm. Of course, I believe in them. Um, but outside of that, I, I really have no knowledge of anything after this. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I feel a sense of urgency at this stage of my life mm -hmm. to physically experience as many of these things as I can and yeah. to work as hard as I possibly can to ensure that um, my family are provided for, that my wife and children are cared for and have opportunity in the field because I don't take it for granted that there's something else for mm -hmm. me or for them. Yeah, I'm uncertain of that. And so it causes me to want to get these things done in my life while I still can. I'm not going to wait until full retirement to jump on the cruise ship circuit and eat myself to death. That's, mm -hmm. that's just not going to happen. Uh, Obesity, diabetes, and heart illnesses run in my family, mm. and uh, I take that as a warning. Okay, so all this effort that I put toward uh, healthcare and physical fitness, those are important for me. If I didn't do those, then I would just be with the rest of the genetic demons of my family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and making that investment in yourself sets you up for better future being taken care of having your family provided for and yeah just being able to continue absolutely and i'm lucky i feel to have a partner who feels the same way about it and that's one of the reasons why uh 
I fell in love with her and why we got married so long ago. She shares that same love, always has, mm -hmm. and she excels at those things too. She chose not to join me in Nepal for uh, basically hygienic reasons. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a it's a third world country. Hot water was a luxury and yeah. infrequent. And uh, in fact, heat was a luxury that mm. we didn't often have. Yeah. They have a different sense of cold and comfort over there. Uh, but she joins me in virtually everything else and uh, goals at the gym, bike rides, uh, weightlifting competitions. And uh, so she's a terrific partner. That's awesome. That's a beautiful thing to share. Do you find that um, the trajectory of hard work as you get older, is that is that going up? Is that staying the same? You feel like you're working harder now than you were when you first got together? I, or... I think that the work is different. Uh -huh. uh, the, the, but to say that it's harder, I, I'd, be, I'd be dishonest to say that it's harder. I think that it's just different. Uh -huh. uh, my More of my attention, how, how should I word that? I've talked about the all waking hours attention a couple of times necessary of a business owner. Mm -hmm. That's probably the biggest difference. As an employee, you can turn that off. Uh, but the work is the same. I, I really think that for anyone considering entrepreneurship, if you're frustrated where you are, uh, if you're frustrated as an employee, uh, if you find that you're usually in a position at some point in your employment where you feel your ideas are better than the homeowners or than your employers, mm -hmm then at that point, you, you probably should explore entrepreneurship because the work is not harder. It's different. Mm. There may be more of it at different times as you realize that when you put your tools away at five o'clock in the evening, you're still going to be handling paperwork and other marketing questions. And, and you just get out different tools until you go to bed at 9 yeah. p.m. So, yeah, it's different, um, not necessarily harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about as well as you mentioned a lot of physical goals. Did you have all those same drives when you first met Rachel back in, let's say, you got married in 1988? How's that changed? Uh, you know, life prioritizes things for you. So <laughs> uh, when you have children, uh, uh, that impacts your life, and it definitely impacted ours in a positive way. Uh, but those tend to put uh, a different face on your priorities for a little while. So. You know, there was a time there where we're both occupied mostly with kids, but the children have been raised around Rachel and I uh, doing these kind of events and following these interests all of our lives. Mm -hmm. The kids would always identify me, uh, Rachel and I, as uh, parents who had physical activities, and they joined us in those largely um, from bike rides to family fun runs to uh, scuba diving activities. Both my children are certified scuba divers. That's a love of mine. And, uh, and I think that the example that we've set uh, is something that they'll follow voluntarily for the rest of their lives, mm. too, uh, understanding the importance and the balance of it. Yeah. Do you feel pride in the example that you've set for your children? Uh, not too much, uh, because you know, <laughs> honestly, uh, it's not that I'm not proud of it. It's just I wouldn't consider it a, a thing that I, uh, is to be prideful mm -hmm. of. It, it's just an aspect of my life, and it's a, it's a life choice. Yeah. Uh, another parent might be proud of the fact that uh, they they read prolifically mm -hmm. and, and share that with their kids, and we've done that too. Uh, but we these, like to read. Yeah, these are just <laughs> choices. 
and and our choice has been this and i i believe that it's uh it behooves us all to take care of this spaceship through which we travel this universe and that's our human mm -hmm. body we only get one and if we mistreat it uh then we have consequences for that and so a part of my type two fun lifestyle enjoyment out there mm -hmm. uh, is really just to take care of the spaceship none of us have any control over whether or not um, whether or not we'll be taken down by cancer or an accident at any point. But we do have absolute control of how we live all the mm. rest of our lives. And that's that call there I was is. telling you about. There it is. Take, it, take your call, sir. All right. Take care of it. Hey, Gabriel. Just a, a judgment call. If they feel like they're walking into a hazardous situation, if a customer appears uh, infectious or showing symptoms that, mm -hmm. that could be related to the pandemic, then they have the right to make that decision not to enter those premises. Mm -hmm. uh, we're way down in our call volume, but there are big three reasons, three big reasons why people need plumbing if they're confined to their homes and their sewer is yeah. blocked or one of their water lines burst or they have no water for some reason or their water heater fails mm -hmm. and they no longer have the ability to sanitize dishes or bathe basic human hygiene. The big three, uh, we still need to be prepared to enter their homes. And so we're taking universal precautions, but one of those precautions has to be the right to say no. Yeah. I would never dream of forcing my employees into a situation that they felt could jeopardize themselves or their families. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Gabe's feeling some symptoms um, from something uh, it appears to be entirely unrelated to coronavirus, but uh, massive headache, dizziness, and nausea still needs to be checked out. Yeah. So he asked for permission to hand the job to another plumber, uh, which he did. I gave him, and uh, but he does have to follow that up with a visit. Mm -hmm. You know, go to the doctor, and if you're feeling headache, dizzy, dizziness, and nausea, and um, no physical strength, then you need to go get that checked out. And, yeah, and, there's there's no macho attitude here. No, yeah. no, just work through it. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. And we can't afford that today at all. We can't yeah. even afford the appearance of impropriety. We had a a plumber that called in uh, two nights ago, and he said, "Hey, Steve, just wanted you to know I'm getting a, a runny nose and watery eyes. It's just allergies, though, so I'll be able to come in tomorrow." And I said, "Oh no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to do that in this environment." Yeah. A runny nose and watery eyes would would trigger so much alarm. And yes, it has been diagnosed since then. It is just his allergies, but it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's the perception of a threat. We're not going to contribute to that. Our mission in this time is simply to calm people's fears, mm -hmm. settle their fears, lower their anxieties. They called us for an emergency. We're equipped to settle that emergency. We're able to take universal precautions, washing our hands before and after every job, wearing rubber gloves where necessary, completely sanitizing the work area before we leave. We're absolutely not going to negatively impact anyone's health. And I'm not going to send out anyone who is symptomatic, anyone who is sick. Mm -hmm. And my employees are largely self-monitoring, but we're not going to send a sick employee into their home. Yeah. That's that's that level of reputability and I guess that comes with the, the community that you've created here, level of standard, level of trust and built. Yeah, we, we have to appreciate them and uh, we, we love them all and concern for them and their growth, uh, not just as plumbers and employees, but their growth as 
families and human beings. And mm. uh, that's a big part of our culture. Yeah, a holistic approach. So what's what's next for Steve's plumbing? Is it just, are there any any exciting things on the horizon? Is it just going on ahead? Oh, it's always, always a matter of growth. We're, we're positioned to, uh, two of our apprentices will be in the field within the next year. Uh, so currently we have seven technicians. We'll have another technician joining them in the field in June and another technician joining them in the field in January. So that that point we'll have nine technicians altogether. We're <clears throat> continually, uh, hiring and training apprentices and uh, we're looking forward to a new training opportunity for them to accelerate their learning curve and make them more productive in the field and assist our technicians better but our pathway is for growth uh, we would love to have a new facility we would love to find a space that uh, was sufficient enough for about a 20,000 square foot building and a sufficient yard for our trucks and equipment mm -hmm. parking lot um, that's on the that's on the horizon. We're looking for that actively, but yes, we we have to be growth minded, uh, and we are, and yeah. projecting toward the future always. Mm -hmm. What about you? Personally, uh, I would love to be in Hawaii working on a dive boat uh, hmm. as a as a dive master, or uh, give me any job. Just let me be the guy who's on the boat on the yeah. water out there. Um, and I'd work for chewing gum. And uh, mm -hmm. so that's kind of my dream. Uh, and at some point in the future, then I, I will fulfill that, uh, whether working or not. But I'll, I'll, be, uh, I'll be in a different, different system than I am right now. What are you going to name your boat? I don't know if I'll get a boat. That's a thing. I, any, the more I look Just at boats. Just get someone, someone else to take that. Someone else's boat. That's key to the dream. Is yeah. Someone else owns this boat, and I'm just on it. Yeah. Ooh, how's that like life? Well, um, I think I think that's a good place to put a pin in it, Steve. Cool. Thanks for talking with me. I, I really appreciate the level of... Um, What was the word you used? Optimism, the anxious optimism, ang anxious optimism that yeah. you bring in levity to all situations. Thanks. It's very, very calming. Thanks. So, thanks for talking with me, Steve. All right. Good day, Tyler. Good day, Steve. Words of wisdom. Steve is a truly great human. It was an honor to listen to his story. I'll be one too. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to lumbertronic at gmail.com. And until next time, keep sharing your story. Thank you.